0: All right, hello, welcome back to Gay by Gay. Hello. I'm, yeah, it's just Ali and night today. Yeah. Char- Charlie is MIA for whatever reason. <laughs> Late again. <laughs> She's gone. As always. <laughs> <laughs> Fell off the face of the planet. Will probably resurface. Actually, you know what? She may have just been reabducted by those aliens True. that gave birth yeah. to her. So she might just be visiting the home planet. Teenagers, you know how they are. <laughs> okay, so um, this is a bit of an impromptu session because... Ali and I were chatting right before one of our dance lessons yeah. and she kind of asked me an interesting question and we figured that it would be something that was good to talk about on the podcast itself. So uh, Ali, do you want to ask your question uh, again? Sure,
1: in the best way I can. So um, Abby always talks to us about how she wishes her dad would be here because she feels that her dad would have loved uh, meeting us, the dancers, and kind of getting to know us and laughing with us and joking with us and all of that. And I know that she values her dad's existence in the world. I do. And because I know she switched career paths right after her dad died. Uh, that is also true. From vetin veterinary veterinary
0: veterinary medicine. medicine.
1: Yep. Uh, to teaching dance, and her dad was also a teacher. I had asked her if she feels as if um, how do I say. Because she feels her dad is a loss to the world, has she taken on any any traits her dad would have had and put that out into the world?
0: So, in a way, just kind of asking, you know, if I picked up kind of more of his yeah. personality and everything yeah. because he's not here, so if I'm kind of trying to step into his role in the world, yeah. right? Yeah, Yeah. so um, that's a bit of an interesting question. It's not something that I'd ever really thought about before. I guess in some ways I can understand where that question comes from, because um, again, to explain, my dad was a severe weather meteorologist, but um, after he was diagnosed with cancer, obviously, he couldn't do the um, 24-hour on-call shifting anymore, just because obviously with the chemo and everything, yeah. that was a bit of a problem. So he had ended up switching over to um, their teachers' division, so he became, you know, more of, more of a teacher. Um, and as I said, I actually picked up on his habit of calling my students my kids because yeah. he used to do the same thing. So th- that's actually like a very fair and legitimate question yeah. about whether or not I'm literally in a weird yeah. way, kind of becoming my father yeah. because well, he's not here anymore. Yeah. Um, to be fair, maybe in some ways, there's a lot of
1: similarities similarities, similarities that. Come up sometimes
0: there are and you know it's hard for me to say because he did die when I was fairly young so and you know actually I do have a lot of trauma from the whole situation where I actually don't have many memories other than what my mom and my sister have told me from before my dad was sick so a lot of the stories that I end up telling about my dad I don't actually have firsthand recollection of I only know from what other people have told me Um, I really don't have any memories from before That scene in the car where Shannon whipped around and told me, Dad's dying, you (laughs) idiot. That's, like, probably the trigger point for me. And, you know, even before that, I have brief flashes of being at the hospital. But,
1: again, nothing
0: very firm. Yeah, because you are young. I was. And I think that that trauma, I don't know whether I have blocked the memories, if I have simply forgotten the memories because they were too painful, or if the trauma really is just kind of getting in the way of me remembering. Yeah. Um, I've actually considered seeking therapy. <laughs> therapy. Every, everyone needs therapy. Everyone needs therapy, especially me. <laughs> I need a lot of help. It's the daddy issues. It's the daddy issues. Um, you know, in, in some ways, I, I do see similarities between me and my dad in that, you know, he was a teacher, I became a teacher, and of course, You know, it it was a huge switch for me. I was in school. You know, I'd been accepted to university on their fast track program through veterinary medicine. You know, I got in with one of the highest GPAs. And um, I ended up quitting and becoming a dance instructor instead. My mom was thrilled. (laughs) Uh, Oh, that's a story. Mommy issues. I got those too. Uh, Um, Here's the thing. When I was younger, like, I'm talking elementary school. And, again, I don't have memories of this. It's just what other people have told me. But um, pretty much every single teacher I had throughout elementary, I guess that's a pretty common question in elementary schools, you know, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? I feel like every year they ask you that. Um, Every single teacher I had. Wanted to know if I was going to be a teacher when I got older. And my response was always, ew, no, why would I do that? (laughs) I'm going to be a vet. Yeah. You know, I was dead set and determined from the time that I was, like, very young, like, four or five years old. Like, I wanted to be a veterinarian because I loved animals more than I loved people. Still do to some extent. Might explain why I like children because they're closer to animals than humans. But you know, I'm an animal. (laughs) You are (laughs) an animal. Charlie's my special monkey, and you are just a hippo and a tutu. (laughs) (laughs) I love you. Um... But no, you know, I had always very much resisted this idea of becoming a teacher. And, you know, for whatever reason, everyone else saw it for me, but I didn't see it for me. And I guess a lot of it came from the fact that I have always been the natural teacher type where, you know, um, if I saw someone was struggling, I would want to go and help them just because that's my personality. Or, you know, I've always had a bit of this ability where if I can see that someone's not understanding what I'm saying, I'll find like... A million different ways of rephrasing it until you realize what I'm trying to get across. You're good at
1: that. We do that all the time. You do, where you look at me with that blank
0: expression, and I go, oh, they're not understanding. Okay, you know, how else can I phrase this so they understand what I'm trying to get across to them? Yeah. It's something I've done since I was really little. And even before then, I've never got on with people my own age. And you know, as a matter of fact, I still don't really get on with people my own age. I do tend to either stick with people who are older than me or people who are younger than me. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I just hate my generation, apparently. <laughs> but, you know, I, I can definitely see where a lot of people were like, oh, are you going to become a teacher? Because, yeah. you know, here's me wanting to help people, enjoying being with younger kids, you know, having a very high vocabulary and being very well-spoken for my age, you know, well-written yeah. and everything else, I completely understand why people would ask me, you know, do you want to be a teacher? And my answer was always no.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and it wasn't until high school when I rediscovered my love of dancing. Actually, there's an interesting story behind yeah. that one.
1: Oh, that's a long story. Th- that is yeah. a
0: long story about how I fell into dancing. Yeah. But, uh, regardless, um... My professional career was cut short, which we will get into on another podcast because that's a completely different topic for another day. But um, so my whole thing was um, when I went to university and I realized, you know, I really don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to be doing this anymore because number one, I have a huge phobia of needles and it was bad enough that any time I saw a needle, I would start to pass out, whether it was intended for me or not. I would start having fainting attacks.
1: You I feel like you always talk about like how how didn't I know I was a lesbian? How didn't you know you didn't want to be a vet when <laughs> you hate needles?
0: Because I wanted to help animals so badly that it was something that I was willing to try and work through. Yeah. But uh, you know, I I kind of came to the realization that being a vet is very hard. You see yeah. a lot of loss, you see a lot of tears and everything else. Yeah. And you know, over the years I've had to put down a couple of animals and I could never imagine doing that as my job having to be the one to put down an animal i just you know the vets and the vet technicians hold it together very well and i know me as emotional as i am and being kind of the more empath that i am i don't think i would be able to not have a breakdown myself
1: you would never get used to it
0: i I could never and so you know i realized at the time you know i really need to look at changing careers i really don't think i can do this for my entire life and i don't want to go all the way through university and realize I can't do this job, you know? You know, it was a lot of schooling too. It was like eight years of school, heavy science, heavy math, lots of money. And it was like, I can't justify that knowing that I might not be able to really fulfill my obligation in this job. So, you know, um, I kind of started looking around and I was like, who am I? I had known what I wanted to do since I was really little. And you know, it, it was even harder for me because on my dad's deathbed, one of the last things that I promised him, was that I was going to get through university and I was going to become a vet just like I was always promised because I guess in a way I was trying to reassure him that I would be okay when yeah. he passed away but that put me in a really hard position where it was just kind of like oh my god I made dad this promise how do I break this promise to him when he's dead and I can't even explain myself yeah. to him yeah. like oh god especially when I came to the realization that I wanted to Teach dance yeah. and open a dance studio, especially because I had zero classical training. Yeah. Like, let me make yeah, that I very know. clear. I had no classical training. I did not, you know, have any professional lessons of any sort. I took high school dancing, like a class through high school. And that's pretty much the extent. Yeah. Of it. I, I used to do ethnic dancing yeah. when I was younger, but that is that's completely different yeah. from, you know, any of the competition styles that we do yeah. or get into. I'm yeah. entirely self taught. So, you know, I realized that no studio would hire me so i ended up opening my own studio to to the chagrin of my mother (laughs) sorry mom um but no i i inadvertently ended up becoming a teacher and again it wasn't because i wanted to be a teacher at the time it was simply because i wanted to stay involved in dancing and my professional career as i said was cut short before it ever even had a chance to blossom really and my way of staying connected was to start teaching. I had to make a role for myself. And you know, I had always enjoyed doing choreography during my high school classes, even though I was told many times that I was awful at it. You know, (laughs) ouch. But um, you know, it was kind of like, well, no one's gonna take me seriously. No one's gonna hire me. So I'm just gonna make Make, a place for myself. And you know, if I can help inspire other people to find their passion for dancing the way I did, that's what I want to do. I may not be able to dance professionally, but if I can get my students to do that, in a weird way, I guess I am kind of living vicariously yeah. through you guys because I can't have the dream that yeah. I wanted. So if I can give that to other people, at least I'm doing something. Yeah. You know what I mean? At least I'm helping others achieve what I will never have. Yeah. Um, so, no, I don't think I'm really replacing my dad. I think I accidentally fell into this. I think, you know, I had all of the qualities of a good teacher from the time that I was very young. And I think, you know, me discovering that I wanted to be in the dance community, but literally having nowhere to go because I couldn't have a professional career and no other studio was going to take me seriously. So I had to carve out a job for myself. And the only real job that you can kind of carve out for yourself is to be a teacher, especially because, you know, even though, you know, I probably more along the lines wanted to be a choreographer more than a teacher, um, I wouldn't have been hired on because I had no portfolio, because I had no one to. Teach the routines to. You know, yeah. I, I had no way of getting my name out there. The only thing I could do was open a studio and start teaching. Yeah. And hopefully, if my students got good enough, my choreography would start getting yeah. more recognized. That yeah. was the only hope I had. Yeah. So I don't think I did it with the intention of replacing my dad. I think everything just kind of fell into place. And again, you know, I've always liked kids that were younger yeah. than me, so it just kind of makes sense that I ended up teaching younger kids more than, and you know, at the time, because I wasn't classically trained, I was kind of like, no adult group is going to listen to me, because they're going to be like, well, what famous person have you worked with? And the answer is, I used to dance in my basement.
1: Uh, Me. (laughs) So, you know, uh,
0: the only option I had was to teach kids, and now I really do genuinely love it. I love all of my students like they're my kids. You know, I I do think that some of these phrases I may have picked up from dad, but I think the feelings that I have are genuine and completely yeah. my own. I don't think yeah. it's me trying to step into his shoes. No. I think I literally just came across teaching in my own yeah. way. And, you know it, it's kind of ironic because I've had to, you know, I've talked to a couple of my yeah. past teachers, and I said, yeah, it's kind of ironic. I have become a teacher just like you thought I would. But not in the way you thought yeah. I would. I, I'm a very non-typical teacher. Yeah.
1: Well, you're a creative person.
0: I am. I don't yeah. think
1: you could be a traditional teacher. And I
0: hate th- syllabus. I hate yeah. syllabi. I, oh, I can't. Yeah. I can't.
1: I know. <laughs> if you've ever been to
0: one of our classes, it is what I would refer to as chaos.
1: F- free for all?
0: Free for all chaos. And yet, for whatever reason, it works. Yeah. There There is yeah. a group of people... Who that just makes sense to where you get into the space and you work on your own things and I observe everything that's yeah. happening and you know I move and I tweak because everyone has different strengths and weaknesses yeah. and I'm there to help with both sides yeah. of things and
1: some people progress so much faster than others and that's
0: exactly it you yeah. know I, I have never been a fan of this idea of any any sort of teaching not just dance but even like traditional um, schoolwork of this whole well that's too advanced for your yeah. age group yeah. Excuse me, what, you know, it's something that I dealt with in school where I was like, what do you mean this is too advanced for my age? I I got into trouble one time um, with one of my English teachers because I had actually read a bunch of Shakespeare's works before I got into the class. And, you know, uh, my teacher had told us, oh, don't read ahead. I want to get your genuine reactions. And I had to go to him and explain, "Um, yeah, I've already read them. He was like, why did you read ahead? And I had to, you know, explain to him, I didn't read ahead. I read these books when I was in like grade nine, and this is now like grade eleven, grade twelve. Yeah. So I read these books a couple years yeah. ago, and you know that definitely seems to seem to shock him at yeah. the time. But that's just the type of person I was, you know. So
1: a dork. Very much a so, dork. and very
0: very isolated. And you know, I think that that came from not being able to have a lot of friends yeah. around because well, dad you read was a so lot. sick. I had nothing I else to do. Mom was busy. Yeah. Shannon and I hated each other's guts at the time. Yeah. So, you know, I really didn't have anything else to do. And I just fell into reading. Yeah. And, you know, I read everything I could get my hands on. I loved art. I loved all of that sort of stuff. You know, I've always had a very creative personality. So it doesn't really surprise me that I fell into teaching, but in a very creative way. Yeah. That's just very much my own unique yeah. way of doing it.
1: I think that'd be a good question for your mom, though. How much mm. do you remind her of dad? Yeah. Maybe. I don't Maybe. know. Maybe. I've never I've never met your dad. So I don't know. That's true. <laughs> I feel like
0: um my sister very much got his analytical side. Yeah. My my sister and I are almost polar opposites. I'm extremely creative. She's extremely like if I said brainiac, yes. uh, she actually does she's taken IQ tests and she does actually have the IQ of a genius. She really is that smart. Yeah. Um she hates this comparison, but I know that she'll never listen to this podcast, so I'm just gonna say it anyway. If I had to compare her to anybody else, it would be Sheldon from Big Bang Theory. Yeah. That is my sister. Like Shannon is literally the female version of Sheldon, like complete awkward, socially, like way overly smart and everything else. Oh, there's the doorbell. I bet she it's Charlie. Yeah. We're back from intermission. That was Charlie at the door. Um, So, no, my sister is very much sort of the brainiac type, and I'm very opposite to her where I'm very artsy. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, whether it's drawing, singing, dancing. um, I I love classical paintings and everything. Actually, there was an exhibit in our city just this past weekend on um, Van Gogh paintings, and I absolutely loved it. You know, I had a great time. So I I was super happy. Um, But yeah, so my sister and I have very opposite personalities. So my my sister reminds me of my dad in her personality type. But I absolutely think that I got my dad's sense of humor and my sort of love of people and teaching. My sister did not get that from him. So I think I have personality traits that line up with my dad. But I don't necessarily think that that's my way of replacing him. I think I just got certain aspects from him and they just manifested because, again, you know, it wasn't, again, that I wanted to be a teacher. I ended up just having to teach in order to be in the industry I wanted to be in. So I think it all just, the cards fell into place, you know what I mean?
1: Do you think it could be more like a subconscious thing?
0: I mean, it's always possible. It's definitely an interesting idea that I had never even considered before. But again, even now. you
1: have a lot of feelings behind it.
0: Oh, I do. So I don't have
1: feelings, so I can say things.
0: (laughs) You know, it, it could be a bit of a subconscious thing. I don't think it is because, again, it wasn't that I even made the choice to become a teacher. Yeah. It was literally just I wanted into the dance industry, had no other way in, and teaching was the only door that was still open to me. So I I think if it hadn't been for dance, I don't think I would have ended up getting into teaching at all. You know, I think I would have – honestly, I I don't really know what I would have gotten into. I think it still would have been creative. Honestly, if I had to pick anything, I may have become an author.
1: Yeah, not
0: Not a journalist, for sure, because – I don't know. Journalism just isn't my thing. But You don't
1: want other people to, uh, <laughs> to impose their opinion.
0: No, I, I'm much more self-creative yeah. in that I, I want to express my ideas, not other people's yeah. ideas. So I definitely think I would have ended up writing books instead if I had to choose anything else. So still creative, but again, I think if it hadn't been for dance, I don't think I would have become a teacher at all. So yeah. I, I think all the cards just fell into you know a certain order, and I ended up becoming a teacher kind of like everyone always thought I would. But I don't think that that was me trying to step into my dad's shoes. I think that was just kind of something that happened along the way into my journey of entering the dance industry. And that's all there was to it. I think it was just accidental.
1: Yeah.
0: But yeah, it was definitely an interesting question. It's not something I'd ever thought about before. So um, yeah, for everyone listening, you know, take those moments of deep
1: self-reflection,
0: you know. Ask yourself that same question because it was never something I had considered. So, you know... Ask yourself yeah. the same question. I think
1: in the situations of like, not even just death and things, situations where there's a lot of intense emotions around it, it's really hard to set those emotions aside and look at it objectively. Yeah. And I think that's a skill that's best practice.
0: It is. It, yeah. it really is. And it's not something that's easy to no. do, but I, I think it leads down the path yeah. of health. And you know what? If it helps you discover something about yourself... I think that can go a long way to helping. Yeah. In, in a weird way, self-reflection is a major part of the therapeutic Feeling, process, yeah. right? You need to ask yourself these questions yeah. because you're the only one who can answer them. Yeah. So I, I do appreciate the question because, again, you know, who knows? Maybe it will be something that I go home and think about even more, and yeah. maybe I'll come to a realization yeah. for myself.
1: <laughs> An aha. huh an aha
0: moment as we like to call them so yeah thank you so much for listening and we will see you in the next podcast
1: take it say bye yay guys
0: bye